I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bold, reverent, and occasionally random. The Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast starts now. Buck, you grew up in New York City. You now live in Miami. Miami's a very popular place. Lots of people have moved there. It's now becoming, you lived through your first ever Miami summer when it was super hot, and now you get the benefit of the Miami winter. How would you compare Miami summer awfulness with Miami winter awesomeness? How would you break those down for people who don't live in the in the subtropics? I think if, you're, if you come from a Four Seasons background like I did in, the, in New York City in the Northeast, in South Florida, in the wintertime, you feel like a genius and everyone else is a fool. In South Florida, in mid-July through the end of August, you, you recognize why people get out of here uh, for a couple of months if they can. It's not possible to walk outside without... You will sweat within two to three minutes of being yeah. outdoors. Like, like, like really start sweating. So, yeah. I have no favorite. issue. I love three of the seasons. I'm very anti-winter. I'm a winterist, if you want to call it. Like, I'm very good with summer, fall, and spring, all in on those. I'd be fine without having to deal with winter. But I have been informed that in addition to the weather conditions, mm. that in your new home, you have discovered a major issue with City of Miami transportation I can't believe this is real. Explain what has occurred and what you have done. This is this is not made up. This is 100% old man buck described. So I am I'm waging a one man campaign to get a certain bus taken out of circulation until it can get fixed because the engine is very very noisy. Let me just hold where... on a minute. You noticed in your new home that there was a bus coming by, not buses. One, One particular bus that was abnormally engine loud, and you are now waging a war to get this one particular bus fixed such that you went and talked to the driver of this bus. I've talked to several. Carrie videoed this because she thought it was hilarious. I didn't, you know, from afar, I didn't even tell her. I went and spoke. The driver admitted that this was a particularly <laughs> loud bus. 
He said that engineering had checked to see if this engine needed any fixes. They so you said didn't no. go to get on the bus. The bus pulls up at the bus stop. You're waiting, and you have a conversation with the bus driver about the fact that his bus is too loud. Yes. Now, the bus driver did agree with me, but told me that engineering had been unable to find the source of the loud noise. I know it. I know what bus it is, and so... I'll even be in any place in my apartment. I'll turn to Carrie. I'll say, it's bus number 27 again. <laughs> I can hear it anywhere in the apartment. I can hear it two blocks away. I'm a little bit like Captain Hook with the ticking clock at this point, you know, and the alligator, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I can hear this bus. I'm How always often does right. the bus go by? Oh, man, this bus goes by probably half a, you know, six to ten, six to ten times a day, something like that. It's on a circulation. So, so I you, sit here. Did you have like a notepad when the bus stopped and you were there at the bus stop? Like the guy thought you were getting on. You climbed up to him and you were just like, hey, I live here and this bus is way too loud. Like, how did you open? Yes, that is Back. exactly how I opened. And I've had multiple conversations with different drivers. <laughs> I've also found out who the uh, I've never contractor heard of this is happening for the city of, city of Miami that's supposed you to be looked fixing up it. Who is in charge of fixing the buses? Clay, next week I'm trying to go in and, and have a sit-down with the director of transportation for the city of Miami Beach. I'm, I will not be denied. Like, this is not going away. <laughs> Bus 27 is your white whale. Bus 27 is my white whale. I will not stop until that bus has been harpooned and all of a sudden the noise stops. So, yes, I am. This is me, everybody. This is the truth. This is this I've, is who you're dealing with. I've never heard of this before. This is amazing. I'm actually now curious. I'm going to be in a Miami in a couple of weeks. I want to know. I want to know when bus 27. Oh, you'll hear bus 27. Oh, I want to hear bus 27. And you will go. We'll, we'll take a video out there, and you could. You know what, Clay? We'll go out there, and you can help me determine: Am I just out of my mind? Or is this an egregious noise code violation, which I think it is? I honestly can't wait. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time... 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck. I saw this story. I want to get your read. I want to give you my take. The UFC, I would imagine a decent percentage of our audience watches or has seen a UFC fight at some point in time. Uh, Now owned by Endeavor. Dana White is the head of Endeavor. So Bud Light, and this is, I think, the single most significant impact of going too woke for a corporate brand. Bud Light, for those of you who forgot, decided to uh, have an endorsement come down from this dude who's pretending to be a chick. And they put, they sent these cans of Bud Light for March Madness for the NCAA basketball tournament. They put this uh, woman on the, uh, the Bud Light can. She made a video. And basically, men who overwhelmingly drink Bud Light said, yeah, this is not uh, going to, we're not going to roll with this. And Bud Light, its overall brand has completely tanked. Bud Light in the last, initially, Buck, it was funny. They were like, this is not going to matter. This is not going to be significant. Now, Bud Light's brand is effectively destroyed. And the question has moved from what's the impact of this going to be and how long-lasting is it going to be to can Bud Light even continue to exist as a viable brand going forward? They've tried everything. They put Travis Kelsey uh, in commercials for football. Yay, we like football. Hasn't worked. I've been going around the tailgates everywhere, Buck. Nobody will drink a Bud Light. Straight man has a Bud Light in his can, uh, Bud Light can in his hand. He gets made fun of. It's like, oh, you're a Bud Light kind of guy, huh? Everybody out there, it's an easy joke. It's happening everywhere. Overall volume down like 30%. It's a disaster. So now they basically are doing whatever they can to try to appeal to men. And they just spent $100 million, according to the Sports Business Journal, $100 million to buy the rights to put their logo in uh, the UFC ring on the canvas there inside of the ring. The UFC, I would say, probably the most conservative sports league out there. The NHL is up there in terms of its fans. Certainly, I think the average NFL fan votes for Donald Trump. Some could be some dispute over this. Uh, But the UFC, Trump walks into the arena with Dana White. Whole place goes crazy. It is a Republican voting audience. Here is... uh... Dana White talking about this partnership. Uh, play clip 
Uh, 18, please. Going into this deal, I know all the controversy and everything else, but for myself, going into a long-term deal with another sponsor, I want to be with somebody that I'm actually aligned with. And I know people are, were upset with what they did, but I'm looking at all the good things that they do. You know, they employ 65,000 Americans. They have thousands of vets that work for them. They spend $700 million a year with U.S. farmers using their crops to make their products and many, many other great things that Anheuser-Busch has done in this country. And and those are the things that I'm focused on. When I look at a long-term sponsor that's going to be, we're going to, we're going to do a six-year deal here. I want to be with somebody that I'm aligned with. Okay. Can I say, Clay, I, I, okay, so here's my, here's my take on this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, based on what, what we're hearing, I think this will work. I think it'll take time. It's a $100 million bet, but I think you will see it. People will forget the controversy, and, and, and I, I can't say that this is, like the, you remember the initial thing they did where they were like Clydesdales, America, yeah. yes. waves of grain or whatever, you know, that was not going to work. But you get someone very savvy like UFC president Dana White, who, I mean, even just right there in that soundbite, right? He's saying all the right things and they're not even going to be addressing the whole you know, Dylan Mulvaney thing. I think they're just going to move past it and they're going to hope that they'll create new you know they'll, they'll not even create new associations they'll restore the old associations in people's minds for what bud light is bud light is what you have a few too many of when you're watching the ufc match give it 12 months and i bet i bet the uh the stock you know or rather the sales will will be in full rebound that's that's my sense of it i think that they actually will be able to i wish they had spent a hundred million dollars on clan buck because we could have saved them too but they've gone, to be fair, we don't have quite the muscles of the UFC guys. So I get I, it. They're, what they're trying to do is basically find the most masculine, masculine representations yes. of values and now associate their brand with that to cancel out the fact that they had a dude with a penis pretending to be a girl that they were trying to reach out to. Um, I, I don't disagree with this strategy because I do think if you basically have lost men, and they have, the way to appeal to men is to go to hyper-masculine men, right? Men, uh, this is my theory. I think I've shared this before with you, Buck. Like, men aspire to be more masculine than they are, right? Men look up to men who are bigger, stronger, and faster than them. That's basically the entire interest in sports in general. Who is the biggest, strongest, fastest? UFC, who is the biggest badass on the planet? It's also interesting, Buck. Do you know who they replaced? Modelo which is the beer that has been the biggest beneficiary of the Bud Light decline, Modelo is now the number one beer in America. So Dana White is, uh, I like Dana White. I think he's smart. I don't begrudge Dana White taking the money because the reality is Dana White got Modelo and Bud Light to bid against each other and then said, we're going to take the absolute biggest dollar right. figure value, which is what well, a media company typically well, let's does. Let's talk right? about this also. I mean, let's be totally fair, right? I mean, the brand associate, you know, the brand association I think we would criticize Dana White if he was like, yeah, UFC now proudly involved in like the, the trans rights battle on behalf. No, no, no. He's just saying we're still going to be UFC, but we're going to be focusing on the traditional brand of Bud Light. And he noticed he said Anheuser-Busch, right? Going yeah. for the bigger, the bigger brand, the bigger company that has even more of a resonance stretching back for a, for a very long time in this country. So, uh, look, if I mean, if, if they offered us $100 million, again, that would be nice. Uh, to partner with the Clay and Buck show, we'd say, yeah, as long as we're promoting 
values that we agree yeah, we're with not going to come on not. and be like hey we think the woman of the year is a dude pretending to be a chick but if you want to associate yeah. with what we say and want to embrace it then that's what the exactly. brand should do if if bud light came to us and said hey guys you know what we we messed up we want to partner with you guys and we're going to give you know 10 percent of all profits to um you know to for example the the initiative yesterday we had uh clint ramesha on to talk about we'd be like all right yes. aligned Let's do it. You know, remember the, the the brand. It's beer, everybody. Right. I mean, it's like whether you're talking about beer or coffee or these these are commodities effectively. So the the perception and the messaging that is pushed is what creates that brand association. So you can take a brand in a very different direction. Right. I mean, brands can evolve over time. In fact, many people who are whether they're successful in media or they're successful in, in marketing, that is, they're they're in a constant evolution of their brand and and changing. It's you know some people stay very steady, some people come up with you know new things and uh, and and evolve as they go. This is where people got mad at me because I I still one hundred percent stand behind this. There isn't that much difference between Bud Light, Coors Light, and Miller Light in terms of the taste. I had I was going back and forth this weekend uh, at a uh, at the. Uh, Brett Boyer Foundation, congenital heart yeah. uh, disease. I was with Luke Bryan. We're raising millions of dollars. Buck, after about two or three beers, the difference between Miller Lite and Coors Light, you cannot tell the difference. We might have to sponsor. Like when we do a live event here for, for, for C&B coming up at some point, we might have to have a bunch of our listeners and on camera in real time see if they – because we have a lot of people that think they can really tell the difference. I mean, I will say I do think you know you develop a palate. So if yeah. you drink beer, like I would have no idea. I mean, you could give me, you could give me Coors Light and Delirium Tremens, and I probably, and I, I can't drink either of them because of celiac disease. But do you know, do, do you know Delirium? Tremens? I don't even so know what that is. That's too uh, high in like, for me. I think it's like a fancy Belgian. It comes in this kind of carafe-looking thing. It's anyway, yeah, it's a very expensive kind. You of would beer. be able to tell a difference between like I like Guinness beer, right? Guinness yeah, and Guinness Budweiser, very different. like very different. That, that, right? That's but, like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like diff- you know the difference between you know tequila and vodka. Like you know, there are some differences that people yes. can really tell. Um, and you know, tequila is my favorite spirit if I'm going to drink anything. But um, you know, I drink enough coffee, for example, that I can tell the difference between good coffee and bad coffee. Yeah, and you know, and that different ways of uh, roasting the beans and different blends. Um, and that's just because I drink it every single day. I'm constantly drinking coffee. It's like the first thing I do every day. Uh, whereas I think if you're not somebody that spends a lot of time drinking beer, it all kind of blends together. I'll say the same thing about wine. You can give me. I have no difference. I can't tell you a difference. You can give me wine. a. I, I have a bottle of wine that was a gift that Karen and I have in our in our home here that I, I'm not even going to say. I had no idea. I looked it up. I, it was so shockingly expensive. I feel like it should have like its own security detail. It was a gift. I didn't buy it. <laughs> And I'm I'm terrified to open it up at any point because I know for a fact that the difference between that and like the thirty dollar bottle of you know Pinot Grigio like whatever that I have I I, I won't I won't know the difference. I I also think Buck th- it matters when you're drinking the beer like w- beer number one I still think you're not going to be able to tell a huge difference and I do think a taste test for listeners would be fantastic who are committed Bud Light Coors Light Miller Light whatever your beer is. By beer three or four, you one billion percent cannot tell the difference whether you're drinking Miller Lite, Coors Light, or Bud Light. They're all so similar. My point on that is it's almost all branding. And so, uh, to me, going for what they perceive to be, and I think there is some truth, the most alpha sport in America, both UFC and football, 
is I don't think a uh, a bad way for them to try to get back to what their brand actually was. Is it amazing how these things evolve? I mean, do you remember when we were growing up, everywhere you looked, they had the most famous athletes in the world drinking soda in the middle of their athletic activity, right? Which, which now, I mean, if, if you were in the gym and you saw someone like just pounding an RC cola or something, you would just be like, what are you like, you know? hundred yeah. grams of sugar, like it's terrible for you. And the whole thing, not to pick on RC cola, but you know any of these, like you know Coke, Pepsi, Sprite, whatever. But remember that was such a thing. You know, you'd have you'd have Michael Jordan like drinking a Sprite or Shaquille O'Neal, you know, having a Snapple or something. And now we all real anyway. It's amazing how that's changed. Now people realize that's actually not what you want for hydration purposes. Sundays with Clay and Buck. <laughs> They're going after one of Clay's favorite holidays, to be sure. Uh, There are schools, of course, woke schools, that are getting rid of Halloween parties because they think that Halloween parties are not sufficiently inclusive. I, I, I don't understand. South Orange Maplewood School District believes ending Halloween celebrations will help them move forward in building equity fostering inclusion and building a sense of belonging throughout the schools. Clay, I mean, anyone, you're a big Halloween guy. You're, I know right now you are in full, full Halloween prep. We are having a monster party tomorrow. Uh, No pun intended there. That's kind of a dad joke. Maybe monster party tomorrow. Lots of people are going to be dressed up the amount. We've got a tent in the backyard. Uh, We've got all sorts of, uh, of liquor, beer, like all piled up. It's all costumes, all adults. Yes, we're all in. We got all sorts of decorations, too. So you're a big Halloween guy, and yet they're trying to say that Halloween is insufficiently inclusive. I, 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 could, I don't understand. There's the basis for Halloween. I mean, yeah, you go back, and, I, and people are going to say, oh, and you know, All Saints Day, and the, the, the sort of a Christian thing, and then there's the pagan. Forget about the history of it for a second. The way that it's actually practiced today is that everyone gets to dress up like something, and you could always do a creative costume. Yeah. You know, I mean, h- how hard is it to just put on a couple of fake vampire teeth and say, you know, I want to drink your blood. Uh, right? Yeah, like, I get if you don't want kids to dress up at um, at school. Like, I don't know how common that is, um, you know, as I think through it. I don't think it should be banned if a kid wants to come in his or her costume of choice. Um, but it, this is just fun. Right. And. It feels to me like more than anything right now, people just would like to have fun, right? I, I feel like there is a deep wellspring of awfulness that seems to infect everything right now. And when you take away things that are uniquely fun, kids get candy and everybody gets to dress up and have a good time. And to your point, it doesn't have to cost that much to have a costume uh, even, I mean, look, the, the quality of costumes is so infinitely much better than when you and me, Buck used to walk around and like, uh, With like you, a bed you know, sheet, you know, <laughs> around your neck that yes. you've, you know, and, and that's your, your cape for your Dracula costume or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You used to think you looked pretty good in those plastic costumes that were such, you know, like uncomfortable crap. You couldn't breathe through the masks and everything else. And you know, I walk into a Costco now and for like $15, so, you know, you can be basically Superman. You got all the fake muscles and everything else. Um, I, I just, 
I, I, I think we need more reasons to have fun uh, and less reasons to be offended and upset about now, something that could be fun. Uh, we don't have we don't have a lot of time before we send everybody off. I just want to know what is your best ever to date? Because I'm sure tomorrow you're going to have quite a, an unveiling. What is your best costume in your mind thus far? I think when we went, my wife and I went as Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen. I think that was a uh, that was a solid combo because I've done a lot of couple costumes. Now we've been married for a long time. We're usually connected. I don't know if I've put on a Halloween costume in. It's definitely been a day. This does not surprise me at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what What are you saying, sir? If what you were that? like, oh, I love co- Halloween. I've dressed up 26 consecutive years. That would have blown my mind. Uh, I would have been far more surprised. When is the last time Carrie dressed up your wife? I bet, I bet I gotta, she dressed I gotta, up I gotta, like I two years her. ago. I, she might have. I'll, I'll ask her. I'll find out. I'll let you know. Have a great uh, party, Clay. Uh, my best Will do. fam. And everybody have a very happy, safe, fun Halloween. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 